So we've been talking about the menopausal transition, perimenopause into menopause, and now we've crossed the threshold and we're in postmenopause. So now what? Join me this week as we take a look at postmenopause and all of the beautiful things that it gives you, as well as talking about some of the things that could potentially stand in your way if you aren't living in a balanced way. Hi, I'm Adrienne Irizarry. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your menstrual health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function, and we will use the term women throughout, but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are. I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show. Welcome back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel Podcast. So the last few episodes, we've been going on this journey through the perimenopausal, menopausal, and now postmenopausal part of our lifespan. And I think that that is really important to take a look at because we don't talk nearly enough about it. I get a large number of women who are reaching around 40 that are coming through the door of my office going, am I going through menopause early? Because there's just such a collective lack of education around these phases of our life. And I think some of it socially has to do with the fact that as a culture, we value youth and we look upon aging in women as a negative thing. And like women, as they age, lose value. But that's very much a Western notion because in other cultures, aging comes with wisdom. It comes with a lot of value and reverence, to be honest. And it's really unfortunate that we here in the West collectively have lost touch with that. So I think that that does feed our overall lack of education, understanding, and really our openness to getting this information. And then once we start having adverse symptoms, we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on with me? Like, this is awful. Help. Please send help. Do you have any resources that can tell me what's going on in my system? And it, Because it becomes a frantic level of urgency because of how miserable they feel. So I want to provide this little, I'm going to consider it kind of like a mini series of perimenopause, menopause being the third golden opportunity, coming into second spring. These episodes really are for people to be able to begin understanding what their transition is doing, how it can show up for them, and what they can do to really support themselves during this transition. So if you remember, or if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, definitely check out episode 28. But in episode 28, we look at the definition of menopause, and that is going one full 12-month time frame with no period. 
All right. We spent some time talking about the journey up to that point and going through that transition, but now you've crossed the menopausal threshold. So what can you expect? As we saw with the menopausal transition, there is this turning outward in your energy that begins to happen where you feel very drawn and very driven to turning towards new careers, new passion projects, going back to school. You know, you're really embracing life to the fullest. It's a little bit like being a teen again. And now that you aren't using your chi for creating life, you can begin to use your own energy to create your life. You are in your water years and movement, lifestyle pacing, and nourishment are all considerations for a vibrant second spring. So remember, Chinese medicine looks at this phase of your life as coming into second spring, which I think is an absolutely beautiful way to think about this phase of your life because you aren't having babies and creating their life, right? Now you are no longer losing your jing or your essence every month as you bleed. You're now using your chi your life force, your vital energy for things other than other people. You're now able to do it for yourself. So this is a new and exciting chapter in your life as it's unfolding. There are, however, a few things to consider as you embrace all that this chapter of your life has to offer to prevent symptoms from slowing you down. So as we discussed in episode 28, kidney yin and liver yin deficiency are the most common things for women to see during their transition. So once you're coming out the other side of that transition, it's important to be mindful to support your yin with diet and lifestyle. Okay, so you're going to be nourishing your substance in order to keep these heat signs from creeping in. So not supporting your yin can lead to things like UTIs, yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis or BV, dry eyes, light sleep or disrupted sleep. Um, That disrupted sleep could be just floating on the surface of your sleep, not feeling like you get a really deep sleep, or it could be heat creeps in and maybe it's not a full-blown hot flash, but you get warm and you're doing that half in, half out of the covers again, and it's enough to bring you up out of your restful state. So I'd say the most common things I see in my practice are UTIs in the postmenopausal timeframe, Disrupted sleep and dry eyes. Dry eyes and UTIs being almost tied for the win. I worked with a client uh, a few years back now who always had that sense of urgency, like she had to go, but and it wasn't quite a full-blown UTI because she would go to the doctor and they would test her and it didn't come back positive, but she had that discomfort and pressure and urgency and maybe even a little bit of burning. And it was like a chronic state for her to be living in. And it was very frustrating because she'd run to the bathroom a lot. It was disrupting her ability to really enjoy the new job that she had, that she really loved and all of those things. And so she started working with me and we used herbs and diet and lifestyle and steam. And in just a few months time, she was able to completely eliminate those symptoms. And 
her mind was utterly blown by the fact that she didn't have to live like that. She didn't have to continually go to the doctor's office for antibiotics because she was struggling with infections. And let me also, you know, most of you probably know this, but for those of you that don't, chronic antibacterial use for things like infections will obliterate your gut flora. So it opens you up to other kinds of issues, digestive issues, you know, getting sick, all of these kinds of things, recurrent infections. So having to rely on antibiotics in order to survive really isn't a sustainable model. So being able to create right relationship in the body so that you don't have issues with UTIs and these other kinds of heat signs, it's magic for most people. They're like, wow, I don't know what you did, but I'm so grateful that we did this. So pulling foods in like bone broth, goji berries, jujubes, you know, these types of foods are very nourishing for yin and can help provide building blocks that your body needs in order to support yin. What I can tell you is that people who are vegetarian during their bleeding years often see, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, they will see an increase in these kinds of symptoms as they're in this phase of life, simply because something as simple as bone broth provides so many building blocks for yin that it's really important to have something like that. So I would say if you are vegetarian, if you can find a locally sourced, really good quality bone broth, for example, and that's the only thing that you do to change in your lifestyle, you're going to find a really big shift in your experience. But, you know, I'm not here to try to sway you. I'm just here to explain why these things work so well for these purposes in your body. So providing the right kinds of foods to support your yin is going to be really important. This phase of your life should be 50% fruits and veggies in your diet because these foods support yin. And you're actually in a phase of your life that for the vast majority of people, you can also tolerate a little bit more food raw than you could before in your bleeding years. So, you know, have a few more salads. It's going to help with the internal temperature in your body. Being mindful of not sweating too profusely is also really valuable because when you sweat, you lose building blocks for yin. Now, I'm not saying never sweat, but what I'm saying is everything in moderation. So if you haven't figured out by listening to this program by now that everything is about balance, Right. And the reason why I keep reiterating this theme over and over again is because our Western culture does not understand balance. It just doesn't. Everything is to an extreme. You have to work hard. You have to exercise hard. When you do a diet, it has to be black or white. You can have it or you can't. No, that is not sustainable. And this is why people's diets don't work. This is why people's lifestyle don't work. You know, we can't be too sedentary, but we can't be overly active. It's all about creating this balanced, fluid relationship inside of your body from an energetic perspective, as well as what it is that you're putting into your body, bringing the body into right relationship because the body always wants to reach towards homeostasis. 
So we just aren't really well educated about the tools that we need in order to do that. So that is one of the big purposes of this program is to give you actionable, tangible things that you can bring into your lifestyle that are quite simple. And you may not have even realized that this was something that would be helpful. And then as you hear me talking about these things, you're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Or I was already naturally kind of doing that. Oh, well, that's cool, right? So for some of you, I hope this is validating. For some of you, this might be entirely new. But little things like bone broth a few times a week in your diet will make a drastic impact on how your yin shows up in your body. It will make it so that when you drink water, you don't feel like you have to keep drinking and drinking and drinking and it's going straight through you and all you do is it goes in and then you go to the bathroom, right? These types of foods that help to build yin help your body to hold water in the body. It helps signal the body to hold on to the fluids that you're putting into it so it doesn't go straight through you. So there are a lot of reasons why incorporating things like bone broth, like goji berries, they're going to help dry eyes. They're going to help how thirsty you are and so on and so forth. So being mindful to not sweat so profusely and be really careful with your alcohol intake. I'm not telling you that you can't do it, but alcohol on the whole is warming. Hard alcohol is more warming than other things, but on the whole, alcohol is warming and that will give you what one of my clients calls power surges, where you might have gone for a long stretch of time where you don't have any hot flashes and then all of a sudden you're like, whoop, I was hot all night that night. And I'll ask questions like, well, did you have a glass of wine before you went to bed? And usually the answer is yes, right? So I'm not demonizing it. And again, you have to live your life finding a way to balance your joy and the things that you enjoy with things that are going to help reduce symptoms or lifestyle practice that are going to create more ease, your body is going to be able to handle the occasional glass of wine better because collectively, 80% of the time, you are not having the alcohol and you are incorporating the bone broth, right? So we're looking to create balance that is sustainable so that you're happy because if you're happy, you will stick with it. And that is something that we really struggle with in our culture is understanding that it really is all about balance. This is why diets don't work. Because you do it for a period of time and then you get frustrated because you're depriving, quote unquote, depriving yourself of these things that you want. And then you fall off the wagon. And for a lot of us, we fall off the wagon really hard. And then we're like, oh, I have to get back on track on Monday. Monday, I'm going to get back on track, right? It shouldn't be like that. This should be part of your lifestyle that is as natural as breathing where most of the time you are supporting your yin and your diet, you are making sure that you're getting mindful movement. And, you know, by the time you're getting into this postmenopausal period, weightlifting, 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 folks, this does not have to be powerlifting. That is not what I'm saying. Again, with extremes, what I'm saying is weight-bearing activity two to three times a week is going to help prevent and minimize the experience with osteopenia and osteoporosis. You have a muscle tug on bone. Kidneys in Chinese medicine govern the bones and the marrow. And 
If you are providing that muscle tug on bone, you are supporting your kidneys. So this could be lightweight bearing activity. I had a mentor earlier on in my career who used to wear a fanny pack with soup cans in it because she would go and have a bone scan done and she would notice that she was getting a little bit of osteopenia around her hip on one side. She would walk around and do her normal activities during the day, cleaning the house, doing the dishes, whatever the heck, with soup cans over that hip. And then she'd go back and she'd have her bone scan done and her bones looked better. So I'm not saying it has to be crazy weight-bearing activity, but two to three times a week, weight-bearing activity. Things like walking, things like yoga, because we tend to stiffen up as we get older. Find ways to open your joints and move in ways that aren't sitting and standing. It's really, really healthy for you. It will help you feel vital long after your bleeding years are over. In some cases, herbal support is also warranted to keep undesirable symptoms at bay. So I am a periseme hydrotherapist. I am an acutonics practitioner, an herbalist, and a Chinese nutritional therapist, if you don't remember this from my bio. And I use all of these tools, particularly with this age group. I find that pelvic steaming is incredibly supportive for my postmenopausal clients. They help with UTIs or they help with that little like feeling that you get like, mm, maybe I am going to start getting a UTI. I don't, I don't know, but I know that I feel a little uncomfortable down there. Working with somebody who knows how to use steaming in a clinical way can help to get rid of symptoms like that and keep them at bay. So with the right type of herbs and the right type of steaming protocol, you know, I have a lot of my postmenopausal clients that'll steam once a week or once every other week, and it's enough to maintain their symptom-free lifestyle. Some of those folks will incorporate a little oral herbal support because, you know, their libido has been a little bit lower due to stress or they are seeing a little bit of heat disturbing their sleep. And theming has helped with a lot of the symptoms, but hasn't completely nixed them. That's where I would pull in a little bit of oral herbal support. But the whole point of this is that there are natural ways of being able to support any of these potential challenges that could arise as a result of the fact that you are a little more yin deficient during this phase of your life. So moral of the story. Post-menopause is your second springtime to shine. You are budding and flourishing and blooming and taking on life with all of the vitality and zest that you want. So don't let your body and symptoms that are going on in your body prevent you or inhibit you from living your life to the fullest. You can have a vibrant libido and personal moisture that isn't holding you back from intimate experiences and sleep well at night and have energy to take on your days and yet know how to create balance. So, you know, with age comes wisdom. And one of the things that I see the, the biggest during this time frame is that women have really stepped into their power during this stage of their life. And they no longer stuff how they feel about things down into their body. 
they vocalize them and they are more confident in expressing who they are and what they want out of life. And they're less reserved about it. You know, there's a lot more of a I could give a shit that goes into this phase of life, which is really, really healthy. Being able to express yourself that way, being able to verbalize your needs, set healthy boundaries, all of those things are really, really healthy. And being able to do that really does lessen your experience with symptoms. Because remember, emotions are energy in motion. So when you're suppressing yourself, you're suppressing your truest expression of self, you're suppressing your voice, you're not being true and authentic to your emotion, it shows up in physical ways. So second spring is this beautiful invitation and opportunity to just be authentically you and do what makes you feel vibrant. And don't let those symptoms stand in the way of your vibrancy because they don't have to. And bringing your body into right relationships so that you don't deal with those symptoms head on will set you up for the vibrant postmenopausal experience that you've always wanted. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist, herbalist, sound healer, and Chinese nutritional therapist, Adrian Irizari of Moon Essence, LLC. If you are interested in setting up an appointment with Adrian for one-on-one support, ordering from our store, or checking out our course offerings, visit our website at moonessence.life. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get insider information on upcoming events and offerings. Join the conversation. Like us and follow Moon Essence Me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Your voices make this program possible. Thank you all for your continued support. 